Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea. Today's episode is going to be a fun one. We have on a guy who I've been spilling the tea with since our early days at Tuckahoe Middle School, Bryce Fritz, teacher first, coach second. This man is an incredible educator who is passionate about bringing it and giving his 100% to his students every single day day. He gets me fired up about education and I miss working with this guy and I just hope you all benefit from his lessons as I did my entire career. There's the bell. Time for class. What's going on Education Nation? This is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea Season 2. I am so pumped to have this next guest on. I wanted to get him on Season 1 but unfortunately he didn't come with me to Verina. Um, So it's my great pleasure to introduce Bryce Fritz. How's it going? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's so awesome to have you on this podcast. Um, and with these season two guests, I try to give a little intro before you introduce yourself so that they uh, kind of know who you are. And I mean, plain and simple, you were like my teacher bestie at, at uh, Tuckahoe. You know, we we always chatted lessons, which we'll get into. Um, you know, you're still my Schoology photo, us wearing the PE gym suits. Um, you know, we just... <laughs> We just clicked and had so much fun. Um, so, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, yeah, well, um, I'm a physical science teacher at Tuckahoe Middle School, uh, along, as, along with doing IB design, uh, where I teach a uh, class on roller coaster design. Um, and I've been doing that. This, is, this will be my eighth year, no, seventh year at Tuckahoe coming up. Uh, as we get started. So, uh, yeah, we came in together. I was teaching a private school out in Palatan when, uh, when I came to, um, Tuckahoe and we came to Tuckahoe at the same time. So we went through all those meetings and all that stuff together. Uh, the, the, the new teacher orientation and all that stuff. So, uh, we came in together with all that, uh, teacher, that first new teacher work week, et cetera. So, uh, that's how we got we got connected and we kind of just exploded from there. Yeah, it was it was funny. You know, I'm going into a new school and I did one year in a Chesterfield school before Tuckahoe. Right. So I'm walking in this to the library and I'm like, all right, I gotta find someone who looks cool that I can at least get through this work week with because I don't think it's gonna be that much fun. And and it ended up being fun, but I was like, who seems cool? And we sat down next to each other, we hit it off and we were, I was like, Yep, this is this is who I'm hanging with. We're eating lunch, we, you know. We're getting through it, and then it just kind of lasted for the four years that I was over there. Yeah, it was great. You know, like I said, it was, you know, like we were we were pretty far away from each other. We always found a way to connect. Yep. In some way or another, at some time or another, which which was really pretty cool. So. Well, let's get into kind of how you got into education. You know, what? How did Bryce Fritz get into teaching? Okay. Well, this is a. I mean, this is uh, you know, <laughs> funny. Not funny story, but it's. It's kind of interesting of how I've developed this. So I, um, not necessarily long story. I went to college uh, in Pittsburgh for engineering. Uh, I played football up there at the school I went to. Uh, I got a master's in engineering, and I couldn't find a a, a job up there uh, doing those kind of things. It was right around nine eleven, so all those things were kind of hitting, and those jobs weren't open anymore uh, for what I was doing. So either either by the time I finished my master's. I was either overqualified for a job or I wasn't in the right field for the engineering. There was always something going on. So I moved back to Richmond, um, which is where I'm from. I, I went to Douglas Freeman uh, and uh, I asked the coach 
I was working at a Target, uh, you know, working the back room, unloading trucks, doing that kind of stuff. And uh, I got involved with a coach over at a private school up in, up in, in Powhatan called Blessed Sacrament Huguenot. And uh, I started I started coaching football over there for a year. And um, the second year in, I was going to advance out to be uh, like a manager uh, at Target. I was already a manager, but they wanted me to go a little bit higher. And they said, we don't want to give you time off to coach football like we did last year. Uh, we kind of did it as a caveat for you. So you'd come into the, the program thing. And uh, so I told my coaches, like, you know, dude, I'm not sure I can coach next year. This was the second year I was in there. I can't, I'm not sure I can coach next year. And uh, lo and behold, about a week before teacher work week happened, uh, one of the teachers at Blessed, one of the science teachers at Blessed Sacrament left to go to do, be a special ed teacher at Meadowbrook High School. So my coach, knowing that he was leaving because he was one of the assistant football coaches, went to the principal and said, hey, you know, I got a guy, he's a science teacher, or he's a science guy, he might be able to fill this position for us um, as such. So I interviewed for a job about the week before teacher work week began for a teaching position. Uh, I went to teacher work week that week, and the first time I was ever in a classroom other than a student was, was, was the first day of school. Um, so I had no, you know, with the private schools, they allowed us to have that whole, uh, if you had a master's degree, you could teach and then you could move in to get in your provisional, et cetera. For sure. There's a little more lax in the private schools, especially one out in, in, in Powhatan like that. Um, so I started my first day, like I'd never taught a class before, never done anything with anything. Um, and I had really great support from the administration there. They sat in a couple of my classes, but they let me kind of, you know, do my leeway thing. They let me kind of, they left me to my own devices in a way to where I could build my own classroom, so to speak. Uh, I taught biology, sixth grade science and seventh grade science that year. Um, and then the following year, they said, hey, we know you're an engineer. We're thinking about changing off to do this uh, physics, conceptual physics for ninth graders. And... Um, they gave me the book. They gave me a book and said, "Can you design a class that incorporates all this?" And that's where I really jumped into what I'm doing now with lots of things or what I like to do because it was so much more. It wasn't the math rigorous stuff. It was conceptual. It was the labs, the the understanding, the, the those different kind of things that really got me to where I was. And a couple of years later, I was interviewing for a spot at. Uh, uh, Henrico High School at a Henrico High School, not Henrico High School. Um, and I worked very hard to try to keep my, 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 my teaching and coaching separate, so to speak. But there was a coaching position open at the school, and I was also, you know, applying for a teaching position as well. And in the interview, um, it wasn't great. It was my first teaching interview since I had gotten the first one. <laughs> uh, the, the principal at the school told me, that, um, you know, I, we need, we want, uh, teachers that coach, not coaches that teach. And I took a lot of offense to that because, and I told her right there, I was like, look, I take great pride in my classroom of separating that out from being a coach and from being a teacher. I don't, I don't mix the two and I try to keep them separate because I feel like that's not, I've seen that happened before when I was in school, you know, I like, that's not something that I partake in or want to be a part of 
because I feel really, uh, you know, I feel really, you know, proud of both things that I do. And I, For like, sure. I feel that both can be separate. So I took that kind of as a chip on my shoulder as I was able to then find a spot at Tucker Middle School in which we met up. And like I said, if you didn't think I was a coach, I'm not sure. Or if you didn't already know I was coaching sports, I'm not sure you could really peg me as that either. So, um, well, and I, and I, I like that, you know, we, we had to talk about that our first year because as a PE teacher, you always hear, you know, if you're a PE teacher and you coach, you know, you coach first and teach second. Yeah. And, and that's not the way either one of us ever operate. You know, we're trying new stuff in the classroom where we're taking, you know, new studies and trying out different pedagogies in the classroom. And so that's what I like about you is, you know, you keep it very separate during your work hours in the school. You're not, you're not, you know, you're not coaching. You're not, you know, making a coaching plan. You are strictly Mr. Fritz in the classroom. Yeah. You know, and I think like sometimes with the added extra time that you, you, you are as a coach, you have to balance that. So are some of my lesson plans or some of the things that I do, you know, to make, like my lesson plan look fantastic or my, you know, these kind of things look great. Like, no, they're not because I don't have the time to really make it as perfect as I want. And that's one problem that I have all the time is I'm always constantly changing things, tweaking things because from year to year, from lesson to lesson, because I don't have that time to sit at home, to, to go after school or stay after school and be like, all right, well, this is what I need to fix. This is how I got to set this up. Like, I'm it's, you know, it's not the greatest way to work at things, but it's, you know, the, the, on the fly stuff. But I mean, uh, that's kind of where, uh, you know, we have to go with it sometimes. It's just the, the nature of the beast and but not being an education person coming in. Like I went to U of R and right. I took the, you know, the, the career, you know, in order to get my actual certification, I do a lot of teaching classes and stuff, but, um, you know, the stuff with the Bloom's taxonomy and all that other stuff, as an engineer and as a stuff, sometimes I get confused with that and I have to rely on my, uh, you know, my collab, my collaborative teachers and my, my, you know, department to help me out with some of that stuff. Cause I still, still struggle with all of that, um, putting that stuff together because it's, it's still something that I, I'm, it's, it's tough for me to, you know, I just, I'm one of those people like, just let me teach. I'm going to go out and do it. Yeah. Do this. I feel I can feel I can do this. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know this, but sometimes like the other stuff gets and bogs me down a little bit and I have to have help with that kind of stuff. And that just comes from not being in doing education for my entire education, you know, my, my, you know, college and stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think one area where you start to really flourish is, you know, we got to see Dave Burgess teach like a pirate um, and that P- PD that we experienced um, with two other schools, it was, it was incredible. And I feel like you, myself, and like a handful of other, uh, Tuckahoe teachers at the time, we took the teach like a pirate and ran with it. Do you, you want to talk yes. about that, that oh. and, and kind of how that, that helped you be, you know, the teacher of the year that you are? Uh, you know, like that, you know, I, I, I always look back to that and I feel like I was trying to do some things. Uh, and I think that was maybe the third year I was at Tuckahoe. That was our third year, yep. Yeah, so the first two years, the first year I was just trying to make it as a, <laughs> as a public school as a public school teacher. It was a lot different than what I was used to with the private schools. I had class, I had one class at, pri- at the private school that had eight kids in it, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Uh, and now I've got tables that I've got to wade through where I've got 33, 35 kids, kids that, you know, don't want to be there, kids that are, you know, there's this kind of thing, you know, different, it's a completely different, uh, you know, nature of things. And I was trying to get through, I wanted to stop using the, uh, it was the first year I'd ever used a computer uh, with a class, you know, those first two years. I was trying to go through, I was like, how can I make this better? How can I make these these lessons better? How can I get these kids that, you know, you know, you want to engage them, you want to have them memories and stuff. And when that we saw that guy, Dave Burgess, come in and start going over things, like a switch, like flipped in me. Yep. And um, it was all about these experiences and these activities that are going to build, uh, you know, and it was very similar to how I was trying to do it, or I was thinking about wanting to do it back when I was creating the uh, the conceptual physics class. Like I want to do labs. I want to do a lab for everything. I want to do something that was going to to bring them an experience, something they could remember and relate back to. You know, like I was always doing something like if we're doing a uh, you know a question on you know if we're talking about tension in a wire or something. You know, like I'm gonna like, well, what's the tension in the rope as Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia swing across the chasm in Star Wars? You know, I would yep. show that video and then like, well, let's see what the tension is if this, this, this. You know, like those kind of things. I was trying that. It was such in its infancy stage, um, and so just doing those kind of things, those those innovative things, those theme things, bringing fun activities to create these memories for these kids, because you know, that's what they're going to remember. Like, you know, that's what's going to enable their learning. Like, oh, what was that thing? Oh, remember when we did this activity? Remember when we did this thing? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I remember that this ties into this. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I feel that, you know, in a way, you know, the, the whole thing about being an entertainer in a way in classroom, like as much as, you know, sometimes that's, frowned upon i feel like you have to be like you've got there are so many different things for these kids today especially to distract them like you've got to find ways to entertain them and so i or engage them uh i guess in what you're trying to do and i felt like as soon as i heard him speak i was like this this is what i've been missing this is what i needed and then you and i really went off on that and we just started brainstorming other different things with each other and what we could do and how this whole you know how we could bring that idea or how those ideas we could bring to these kids. And I think it just really, it, it set me on a path that, you know, I'm still on today. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny that you say kind of what you said, because my, my years of teaching at JMU, they taught us how, I mean, PE is very easy to teach because you create games, you give kids choices. Like the kids are going to find something to do. Even if they hate physical activity, you can find a way to trick them into enjoying it for an hour. But right. for the health aspect, I already had a lot of cool learning experiences that I was using, but I didn't. I wanted to take it to that next level, and I didn't know how. And I'm like trying different things, and things aren't working. And whoever at Tuckahoe or in our county got us Dave Burgess to come, it was a game changer for me. And now pursuing admin, you know, I'm reading books that he's written, like Lead Like a Pirate. And so yep. it's like how to be a leader but still be that creative, fun, you know, person who can build a culture and then help the teachers like drive it to the students want to come to school and they don't want to leave. I agree with you. It's, it's, it, it, like I said, it's just been, it was such a, such a great thing. So like everything that I do now is kind of based off of that, that idea. And once again, it's always like, 
you know, fixing those things that, that, oh, well, this one didn't go well. Got to, got to change this up or, you know, this worked really well. What can I do to enhance it? And that's the thing with me is I'm always looking to change things up, but like, it's funny because, you know, as a teacher, you got a bunch of new students the following year, you know what I mean? And it is, um, you know, so technically it's all new to them. So you don't really have to go and change stuff up. But me with my uh, ADD that I have, like, I've got to do that. Like, I've got to make this. How can I tweak this? How can I make it better? I really didn't like that. Let me flip it. Or I like this, but let me see what kind of changes I can make to it. You know, those changes didn't really work. Let's move it. Let's, let's try this out. Um, and some of the, the ideas that I come up with sometimes are on the way to school or on the way to whatever. And then I'm flipping my lesson that day yep. uh, to incorporate this into it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, but that's, that's the thing. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with that failure aspect. And I always tell my first block kids, like, I really apologize to you guys because, or, you know, day ones and stuff. Like I really apologize to you guys because if you were in eighth block or if you were in, if you were here tomorrow, <laughs> like this would be so awesome, you know, but right now you guys are my Guinea pigs. And so you've got to really like, and so that would kind of get buy-in from them. It's like, I'm trying this thing out. Tell me how it feels, whatever it is, because this is my first shot at it. You know what I mean? Like, see if it works, do these kind of things. Um, another thing that happened, I think it was the exact same year, was the Seat Work to Feet Work guy that came in. Was that the same year? Was that the following yeah, that, year? Yeah, that was, that was um, so I, I, I believe Dave Burgess was like the kickoff boom. Yeah. After work week, and then we did the Seat Work to Feet Work sort of throughout the year. Um, yeah, we had that I guy come in. Him. And so he wasn't as he wasn't as instrumental, I don't think, as Dave was, but he definitely like went along that same line. I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm starting to figure this out now. This is this is this guy's got the same kind of mojo using that pirate stuff, but then incorporating this moving around the classroom kind of thing. Yep. You know, like you tying those two together, that's like that's where you know, that's like the perfect storm coming through. Uh, and so that's what I've tried to, like I said, that's, that's the whole, the whole idea is getting these kids up and moving around because sitting down, I remember going at like doing some lessons or you teach and you're sitting there up front and you're like me with my ADD. Like if I'm bored, if I feel like I'm bored myself, like then it's done. I know the kids are out. Yeah. And, and so work to feet work. I mean, we took, we took so many fun ideas. <clears throat> I mean, I know I did like a quiz quiz trade. Oh yeah. I would ask you a question. You'd ask me a question. We would figure out the correct answers, trade cards. I'm on to someone else. And it's like those little activities, you know, I do quiz, quiz, trade pretty much every unit. And my kids like it. They're like, oh, we're going outside. Oh, we're going to the auxiliary gym. Oh, we're going yep. to the library to quiz, quiz, trade. Got you called or let's roll. You know, they don't want to sit down. They don't no. want to be taking notes. They want to be up, moving, socializing <laughs> while learning the material. Exactly. You know, I mean, like that was, you know, one thing I got videotaped for uh, the Henrico, you know, they they do it once a month or whatever, where they film a teacher in the classroom kind of yep. thing. Um, so the one they came to me for was there was a quiz quiz trade thing. In a way, it was, or it was, you know, you got the think pair share thing, the quiz quiz trade. Yeah, it was always kind of the same thing. Like what we did was. You know, I do this a lot, that quiz, quiz, trade thing. But um, but this was where we had eyewitness accounts on a card, right? And you would read your eyewitness account to the per to your partner, 
they would read theirs, and then you would think about what the event was happening, and then you'd trade cards and go to somebody else. Very cool. And we were talking about waves. The unit was introduction was waves. We talked about the tsunami that hit um, uh, in the Indian Ocean back in 2004. And then we saw video, we saw pictures of that. And then we talked about, well, how does this, you know, then we, we got into how waves created that. Like, how was that? Yes, a tsunami is a wave, but how was it, how was it created? How did it get there? Those kind of things. Um, you know, trying to find those real world connections, which is what Dave was doing in the first place. Yeah. Uh, with all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I like getting them up, getting them moving around. I like it when you got to, when you get the question right, they always say, that's awesome. You're so smart. That's what you got to say to them. Yep. Um, after you, and then you trade them out, you know, uh, and go on. And then I want you to kind of spill the tea on one of my favorite lessons that you do at the end of the year. I mean, you do a lot, but one of my favorites is a water balloon launch lesson where at the end of it, the kids get to launch a water balloon at you. Can you, you know, five, 10 minutes, just kind of talk about that lesson. Yeah. So uh, this is usually after SOLs are over. Um, we do a lot of different things. We'll do the bungee cord Barbie in which we'll videotape, you know, Barbie coming down. What we did was we want to get in the catapults. And, um, so what we did was, this is actually like a couple things. Why we'll talk about projectile motion, which is technically not in the SOLs, um, for eighth grade science. Um, you know, motion is, but projectile motion, I always thought that was one of the most fun things in physics. Um, and so what we do is, we would talk about projectile motion. There's a couple of gizmos that we might play around with. Uh, and then we would get into building catapults out of popsicle sticks. And we'd build these catapults. And then we'd have to like, well, we would have these, we'd have the catapult games, like old school stuff. We'd watch videos on catapults. And obviously it's very, it's very, you know, I say, here's some popsicle sticks and here's rubber bands and one spoon. And you got to build one. Like you got nothing else. Like you can't hot glue, you can't do whatever. If you want to put two things, two sticks together, you can, you can, you got a rubber bandit. You can have as many rubber bands as you want. Uh, and so we had like, we had a, a testing for distance. We had a testing for, we, we'd set up like cups, like in a pyramid and you'd have to shoot uh, objects at the pyramids and knock down the castles. Uh, and then you had like somewhere you're like shooting hoops. So you had to see if you could catapult could hit like a target on the ground or over there, like in a, in a bowl. Uh, after that, we got into, uh, the last, so that was the catapult thing. We had projectile motion, get into that catapult. And then we would move into, um, then we'd move into what I called angry students. So I talked about how angry birds was actually projectile motion. There's actually a lot of phys physics going on with angry birds, you know, when you're trying to shoot the bird and stuff. So yep. what we would do is I got some surgical, um, uh, tubing, Right, and I, I tied it to, or I connected it to a, a large, like, oil funnel. And then what we did was I told them we're going to small-scale test this. So we go out, we take a, like a, you know, we take one of those note cards and we attach rubber bands to the bottom of a chair. So we flip the chair over um, because what we're, we're gonna, eventually going to do is we're going to put the, the big catapult, the launcher, in between two of the poles, we got an outside campus, which is great. I'm not sure what I'd do if we didn't have, uh, if I didn't have an outdoor campus. But, uh, <laughs> but so we got the two poles that are, so we attached to there. So you'd attach this rubber band and note card launcher with a ping pong ball to the two chair, um, uh, you know, to the chair legs. 
and then you you go outside and try to launch them into a into a cup. See if you can hit a target, and you have to move the the, the cup around. Because I said when I go out there, I'm going to sit in a chair. You're going to launch water balloons at me, but between people, I'm going to move where I'm sitting so you don't get a read on. You know what I mean? You'll, <laughs> you'll have two shots at me in the same location. Each group will have two shots in the same location so you can adjust for your second. But then it's not going to be the same for the next group that came out. And so that first year, it was I was a little nervous with it, um, you know, because that launcher actually gets those balloons going pretty darn fast. Oh yeah. And it flies. And, um, we got, I got hit by one. I, the first couple of years I didn't get hit by any. And then one of them I caught in the stomach and that was a pain for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for a couple of hours. And I got hit in the leg, you know, and at that point it started becoming a little bit, people would see us doing it. Right. And, yeah. um, we were launching them onto the top of building, uh, six, uh, when we were in building seven on top of building six, or they were, they were laying them in. I figured out I had to make the water balloons a little bit bigger sometimes, but they were launching them into the windows of the building across from <laughs> us or on top of the roof. And I was like, all right, well, so we started changing up the location of where we were. Um, but then we started getting everybody else involved. Like our principal would come sit like the, uh, the SOR, the SRO and the, um, and the security guard, like, you know, they would come and sit, you know, because the kids would want over. And then eventually other classes would come out to watch. And then the other teachers would sit down that these, these kids would have. And so they'd have a shot at another teacher. So in the last couple of years, I really haven't sat down a lot <laughs> uh, That's awesome. in the chair because it's always been uh, an administrator or the SR or a couple other people that have been out there. Like, I, I get a few shots at me per year with that first two or three years it was only me and that was <laughs> that was nerve-wracking um, well it was, it was one of my favorite days of the year or last year together because i actually sat down in the chair yeah and and the kids the kids some got close but one like whizzed by me and i just remember like sticking my hand up yeah and i caught the sucker and it didn't pop and the kids went nuts yeah yeah, yeah. It was so much fun to kind of just be a part of that lesson. Like, oh, during my planning period, I'm walking, you know, back from the office to my classroom. Oh, let me sit down in the chair and put my life at risk with these students. Oh man, I filmed. I filmed last year. I filmed it from the view in the chair, and man, that thing wasn't every like you. Your body just tenses up when they pull it back, <laughs> and they let it go, and you see it fly over there. And, like, I always try to, you know, hopefully no students listen. But I always try to sit at an angle away from it, not necessarily straight on, because what they do is they tend to always over-adjust the angle when they throw it. So it's always going to be super left or super right. Um, and the first couple of years we were doing it, it was in between building seven and six. Uh, and so it was always down that hill, you know, where my first classroom was. So it was down the hill. So, like, they were always launching it too far over my head because I was down the hill um, a little bit with a, with a little grade. But that was, yeah, that was, that's always fun. I miss doing that this year because um, the kids always get a kick out of it. Well, and I was going to try to find a way to tie it in, you know, it's the, you know, first week of June before exam week. You kind of make an exam game where, like, yeah. they get to answer a question and their team got to launch a balloon at me. Um, and just try to make it fun because I know my kids would eat that up. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's great, man. Like I said, there's lots of different things. Uh, you know, going back to what we talked about with the Teach Like a Pirate, he talked about this mystery thing. So I started doing this mystery box thing to introduce uh, the scientific method, right? Yep. And uh, so what I did was after hearing him, this was like week one. I'm like, well, I've got to start putting this stuff to the test now or getting it out. And because um, he talked about having a bag of stuff that he just brought in and sat in the classroom and talked through. Yep. And so what I did was I had um, the the school resource officer, I had him and the other um, security officer, what they would do is they would take this box and then they would bring it to my classroom in the middle of me teaching and just say, hey, they would come up, they, you know, they would ad lib, some of them were really good, yep. some of them whatever, and like, hey, you know, we found this box out in the parking lot and it was all multicolored, bright with, you know, all this different stuff. You know, it was like, we found this beside your car, you know, we just thought, you know, you might, they'd be wearing gloves sometimes, sometimes little apron things on their head or whatever, bring it in, set it down. And then like, they'd walk out of the classroom and then they'd like sprint away from it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, different stuff like that. And so I'd be like, oh, okay. And look over there and look at it, play it, like look at it a little bit and then walk away and start teaching again. And then, you know, they just flipping like, Whoa, what's, 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 you know, the whole big <laughs> thing lately has been in the whole the whole seven thing, like everybody keeps saying what's in the box, you know? Um, so it gets us into like, well, then we go through the scientific method to try to figure out what's in it. They get to play with it, mess around with it. And then obviously they never get to open it and they get really upset about that. Uh, but I'm like, well, in science, you never can really, you, you know, not a lot, you can't like always see if you're right or open the box. You know what I mean? Like you can't like, you know, that's, that's not always, you can't say, well, I know there's 40 electrons in here. In this atom, let me let me open the atom up and see. You can't do that. You know, it's a lot of times it's, it's theoretical. It's not about an, a searching for whether you're right or wrong. You know what I mean? It's yep. it's different. So you can't always open the box uh, to see if you're right with your whatever's. You have to keep testing, and eventually that all the tests lead to the correct answer. You know, and then the truth, so to speak, and then you go from there. Well, let's um, let's sort of I guess like spill the tea. I mean, you've talked about a lot of neat things you've done in the classroom what what are some of your core values what are some of your things that you pride yourself on as teacher Bryce? um like i said the experiences uh that i try to create for the students uh i like to dress up a lot at times you know we have game show day yeah where i'm i've got the coat on and i've got the microphone you know and we do game show stuff for test review um I've got the, the, um, the thing I do with the, the unlock the document. So I got into breakout rooms a lot, um, as well, the breakout boxes and things. I really got into that for a while. And so we did one electronically where you're, we're an agent. And so I dress up like a secret agent, um, and, uh, you know, guide you through this, 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 this thing to unlock a document which the document is actually the project or the, I call it the unit challenge that we're going to do for that, the instructions for it uh, as a lead into it. Um, I, I feel like, like I said, building relationships with kids is very important. Um, let them see that you as, as, as a person, as this goofy person, I talk about my daughters. I talk about my family a lot in class and situations with, with the amount of Barbies that I have to play with and things like that. And, Bear on all girls. And one thing I did this year, 
as a starter uh, that I changed up was I actually did a scavenger hunt in the classroom where I have all these different pictures of me. You know, I've always, you know, I got the huge LeBron, LeBron poster in my room. Yeah. I've got a bunch of other different things located throughout the classroom that kind of say who I am in a way. And so the kids had to like actually go and investigate me and tell me about myself um, that first day of school. So they could see me as a, as a, as a human, so to speak, or as a person. And then I would kind of riff on a couple of things that I was whatever and things like that. So it was, uh, that was a really good uh, a building aspect and then got to know them a couple of other things. But relations are very important. Be able to talk to those kids about certain things. Um, you know, just building those, those memories and that, that, that idea that they that trust in the classroom. Like they want to come to my classroom. Someone said to me, uh, or I heard a quote, the guy said, if school wasn't mandatory, or if your class wasn't mandatory, would your kids still show up? Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I think a lot of us have to ask ourselves, like whether it's because they're having fun or whether it's because they enjoy being around you as a person, or they enjoy the debates and things that you have. Like for science, I feel like I, I'm in a way kind of similar like the PE. It's, it's kind of cheating in a way like there are so many fun things you can do in science that this hands-on that you can create these activities for, you know, um, I envy the, the teachers and the, the social studies and the math and uh, English that can do the same sort of things and get kids to want to be in their classes because I find it's a lot harder to do because you can't do those hands-on things uh, as much. So like I really envy those teachers and like going to see those teachers and seeing what they do, but it's constantly improving, you know, like always wanting to, to strive to be better, to, to improve your craft at all times. Like you can't sit and be complacent because as soon as you start being complacent, you know, you fall behind. Yep. And then you can't, you know, so a lot of that is making sure I'm staying up on what's going on. What can I do to make this better? You know, we had a, a project that I started with one thing where we were doing, uh, you know, this thing I got from somebody. Right. And then I'd start doing the videos with it. Right. Where I had me and I had myself multiplied three times. Right. Yeah. There's three of me in the video, you know, those kind of things like, oh, how can I improve on this? Like, so I've taken something I've, I've found somewhere. So I pirated a lesson or something from somebody else and I've made it my own. So I've gone from where we're making posters about elements uh, and things to then doing podcasts about elements to then doing now rap battles uh, and other things like playing Clash of the Clans, battling elements in a debate kind of thing together. Like it's, that's been a, a, you know, a progression of the same sort of thing going through. Um, just finding ways to connect with the kids because at the end of the day, if they don't connect with you, they're not going to connect with the material unless they're being forced to by parents and stuff. Um, and I do that same thing with the roller coaster class too. Got to find ways yeah. to connect to them because Very there's cool. a lot of kids that don't want to go into that. There's a lot of kids that are, that are put into that roller coaster design class that don't like roller coasters, don't want to do anything about it. But they end up enjoying it and actually creating these coasters and stuff as we finish off through the class. Yeah, and and who doesn't love that field trip to Bush Gardens? I, know, <laughs> I don't know if you still get to do that, but man, when you got to pick me to go yeah. for the chaperone, I loved it. Yeah, you know that was great. You know we didn't do you know we didn't do the physics day. We didn't do whatever. They actually brought us into the the maintenance sheds and get to look at the coasters and how they were maintained and how they built them and all the different manufacturing ideas and remember them telling us about how Griffin was, there's just one single little piece of metal that keeps you suspended up there 
the whole time. And you're actually traveling about two miles per hour before you go over the top of that hill. You technically don't come to a stop. But when that little piece of metal decides to fail and flip back under, that's when you drop. It was pretty insane. But I've, we've progressed to the fact now where the engineers from Bush Gardens actually come to our classroom and come to Skype with us, and we present them with roller coasters to put in their park that are themed to Bush Gardens countries and things, and then they vote on which coasters they would bring into uh, into their park. So that's been a really great um, relationship that I've built with through the, the engineers at, at Bush Gardens. Yeah, well, and that's that's real life experience, you know. Yep. That could be a job for a kid one day, and if you help them tap into that, that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. Well, is there any is there any professional learning books or podcasts or things you're listening to right now that you would want to share with anyone out there? Well, I think is I think it should be required reading for everyone to read Teach Like a Pirate. Um, I think that that is a book that is fantastic, and um, you know, like I said, it flipped my switch. Uh, there's a book called Ditch That Homework, which is a way in which to, uh, which is in that same family of authors that write for Dave Burgess. Yeah. Um, Ditch That Homework, I thought was really, really, really good. Uh, a lot of good ideas there trying to go away from that. And how can I design my classroom to be less involved with homework, um, and not having to use it. And that's why I feel like the, the experiences and the things we do in the classroom are so important. Because if you can get that into them, the homework is not necessarily as important uh, to a, for them. But if you create those experiences in the classroom, that'll stick. Whereas, you know, the homework part of it, you know, like I said, it's just rote stuff that you might not, you know, not be engaged in afterwards. Like, and homework could be stuff like, or they give them a couple of days to do homework. Like, it'd be, all right, well, not giving homework. Here's a couple of assignments, things extra you can do for the next couple of days. Um, you know, uh, there's a couple others that I have that I have not quite gotten into reading yet. It's re redefining grading. And um, there was another one, redefining grading, uh, which talks a lot more about the, not necessarily get, getting out of, you know, that, that those kind of grades, but getting into more of those, hey, your lab, you know, lab portion of the grade is more important kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, rethinking grading, and then there was a. Um, I'm trying to look at it here. I can't find it. Uh, rethinking homework, obviously, uh, but then you know, C work to fee work is also a good one too. Give you ideas of how to get kids up and moving. Uh, you know, ditch. I uh, mean, excuse me. Um, chop wood, carry water. I think is a very good book, uh, just for mindset. As such, as is, I'm reading this book called Essentialism now as well, which is just different thought processes on, on how to go about stuff. And uh, obviously, anything having to deal with E plus R equals O, uh, which was created by Tim Kite um, and, uh, and his father, um, they do a lot of stuff with E plus R equals O, which is a fantastic mindset for any educator to have uh, as you go forward, and especially into this environment that we have uh, as well. So those are all good things. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing those, and I'm going to check some of those I haven't heard, so I'm going to check them. Yeah. Sorry, if I can remember, I'll put them in the show notes. I don't know if anybody ever looked at show notes, but I will try to put <laughs> them in the show notes um, for anybody who's listening who doesn't want to go back and find this one moment to hear all the books. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, so, hey, man, I've, I've loved having you on. This is your time of the show to kind of give any shout outs uh, to anybody or any groups of people or whatnot out there. Uh, before we wrap up, so the floor is yours for any shout-outs. Um, well, I just want to shout-out you, man. I think you're doing a terrific job with this podcast. Um, you know, I think finding ways to do these kind of things, to bring ideas, to celebrate teachers, I think is a great thing. You know, we were working. We had done, had some of these uh, as a podcast at Tuckahoe. That was working with our amazing, um, uh, what are they called now? Innovative learning coach. Innovative learning coach. Yeah. Yes. Um, Amanda Kinsler, she does a fantastic job uh, with that. And our, our lib- librarian specialist, a media specialist, whatever they're called too. Um, uh, Calypso Gilstrap. We I've worked in tandem with those two. Like we work very well together. You know, I'll come up with a crazy idea. They'll come up with a way to actually pull it off you know, and shoot my ideas down or fix them or whatever. But <laughs> those three, you know, us three together are, are a great team. And we've worked together on our little podcast that we can't ever get off the ground for too many episodes at a time. So what you're doing is very, very fantastic because you are, you are, you are leading the, the, the cause and something that we're going to have to look at how we do our things. But, you know, it's the, the, the teachers there at Tuckahoe are great people. Um, I enjoy being there, especially our science department with uh, Angela Foss. She's my partner in crime. We're both very like, what do you, what, how can you fix this? What are we going to work with this? Sometimes we both get those crazy ideas in the middle of the night and try to find a way to incorporate them into our classrooms. And like I said, we, we both fail at times and both the successes and we learn from each other's successes and each other's failures. And, and I think that's what, what the collaboration piece of teaching is, is finding ways, finding other people and, and, and looking at what works, what doesn't work and coming together on, on middle grounds with everybody. But even interdepartment stuff, like you said, we work together on a couple of different things, talking about what we could do to incorporate my stuff into your stuff and your stuff into my stuff. I think the, the more we can do that and create schools, less of a subjected like a subject specific thing i think we i think it would be great you know yeah for sure well thanks man i I appreciate you coming on spilling the tea and there you have it our episode with bryce fritz one of my best friends in education i really appreciate you giving us a listen and feel free to give us a subscribe and share this episode and any other ones you've really enjoyed with a friend. And as always, it's been real, it's been fun, and it's been real fun. Peace!